You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. That guy was kind of like like an angrier Andy Rooney. He reminded me of like Grandpa Simpson. Yeah, a little, a little bit. bit of Grandpa Simpson <laughs> mixed with Andy Rooney. Yes. And then complaining about kids and their hippity hop music I mean, and the way you and it went, the way you kids talk with your language today, I'm not gonna handle it. I'm not gonna stand for it. Well and it went nowhere. Like he was no, trying to make really a point did. and then he got confused and then he ended on a completely different point. Yeah, it was kind of fun <laughs> watching it though when I was on stage, that's it was why awkward. I just, that's why I immediately handed the microphone to Keeling because I'm like, ah, nope. <laughs> It's all yours, buddy. <laughs> Not going to do Not touching this you one. You jump ship really quick. <laughs> yes, indeed. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Dibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and then available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. And uh, I got to say, we'll get back to what we were talking about at the beginning. But today is a big day for Fun it Employment Radio. It is a Radio big day. Because this is the day of our Fun Employment Radio comedy showcase happening Today, April 1st, 2015, at the Secret Society this evening. The uh, doors open at 7 p.m. We'll probably be there a little before that. The show starts right about 8. And we're going to have some fantastic comedians on the lineup tonight. We've got Jason Traeger, who we're going to yes. be hearing from in just a little bit because Absolutely. we interviewed him this morning. So he, he didn't make it into yesterday's show for a very good reason. And he's going to be uh, uh, on the show today. We've got an interview. We also have... Andy Main, who you heard earlier last week, Curtis Cook, and um, uh, we have been announcing and promoting Stacey Halal on the show for tonight. We had a last-second emergency change in that, and it's for a very legitimate reason. Stacey had to leave town, um, an emergency, so we wish her the best, but uh, we're, we uh, did book somebody to replace her. So yes. it's going to be, instead of Stacey... A show favorite who we've we've had on here several times Absolutely. has actually done a comedy showcase before. This is the first time we've had a repeat performer. And yeah, that's this Ra- was, it was over a year ago. Oh, though. yeah, it was a yeah, long time yeah, ago. It was a while long ago. time ago. I think he was on the second one we ever did. Yeah, it is Randy Mendez. Randy Mendez. Randy Mendez. Amazing. Yes. So Randy Mendez replacing Stacy. But other than that, lineup's the same. It's still all going to be such a great show tonight. We really want to see everybody there. So the show is at the Secret Society. Like I said, at 7 p.m. right here in Portland, Oregon. And you can get tickets still pre-sale, I believe, at FunEmploymentRadio.com. You, you can, can still buy some yes. pre-sale ones. So you can you can get it there and you'll save a couple of bucks. Or you can buy them at the door as well. We just want to see everybody out that can possibly come. Because these are the kind of things where we put on. We want to hang out with you guys. You'll see some great comedy. Uh, you'll have some great drinks, some food, whatever you want to do. It's really, it's all there. And uh, we're just looking forward to seeing everybody. Absolutely. So that's going to be great. Um all right, I'm, so still, I'm the, still a little bit less stuffed up, too. So hopefully You sound I, a lot better. Hopefully I'll sound at least this well on stage when we introduce the well, I mean, the we're show. not going to be talking very much. All oh, no, I plan, on, say, like, I plan on getting on my pulpit and like like discussing things. And, it's not a pulpit, Greg. Should I just like stage. take a bunch of NyQuil so Nobody I'm like, really looped out? to watch you be on NyQuil and babble. Let me tell you about something else that bothers me right now. And I'll just go on my list of things that bother me. I can do what, a, Greg Rooney? Yeah, I can do a Greg Rooney segment right Your up there Your life is a Greg Rooney segment. Let me tell you something about stairs who needs st- you know or something i don't know there are a lot of stairs at secret there, there are stairs there There are so many stairs what do you not like about stairs uh what well what greg rooney wouldn't like greg rooney probably shouldn't complain about stairs considering we're going to be walking up stairs at the secret society so i'll also pick some other things to complain about no, but there's lots you, no I, I really want to hear puddles what you said. i'll tell you that i don't like i don't like water puddles mud puddles water puddles mud puddles on the streets God damn, those things are annoying. I'll tell you this. At this day and age, in the way society works now, why do we still have water puddles on our street? Are what they, is the deal with those? puddles. No, in old timey, it's called water puddles. Because there's different kinds of puddles. I'm talking about water puddles. At this time, couldn't we out, don't we have scientists that make all kinds of money to where they can figure out how you wash the water off the side of the street so I don't have to get my, my damn shoes wet every time I walk down to the bus stop or I walk down to my car? You want people to take water to wash the water puddles out of the street? Yeah. No, you can you can take water to wash it out, but I'm saying scientists, they should have figured out how to like slope the sidewalk or something like that so you don't have water puddles. It just seems like a damn easy thing to do, but now nowadays now it seems like people don't care about their job. They don't spend the time and effort to put in quality work like we used to do. And that's that's where the problem is. That's why you have water puddles. It's laziness. Stop saying water puddles. 
That's a Greg Rooney one right there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, you do sound like the old man from last night, though. I do a little bit. I know. All right. So I maybe won't be doing that on stage tonight, but uh, <laughs> let's talk about last night. So last night, I was on stage, and that was for, uh, for an event that I went to, and Sarah went there as well. And it was called Movies in Black and White. So it's a, an occasional series. I think maybe he's doing it once a month. And honestly, I'm not sure. You can check them out on Facebook, Movies in Black and White. And it's run by our friend Jason from The Carl Show, starring Jason, where he shows a movie, kind of an iconic movie that has some kind of racial tension or, or something yeah, with some race involved of, yeah. in the movie. And the one last night was 48 Hours that Which he showed. I have never seen, and that movie was I fantastic. Am, I have never seen 48 Hours. That was my first time seeing it. And holy crap, that is full of completely inappropriate that racial... That is the most racist, sexist movie I have ever seen. Yeah. I mean, just incredibly Greg, so. Do you realize that in 48 hours, there was not a single woman that was in that movie that was not a prostitute? No, I pointed that out on stage last night. Yeah, That's, exactly. No, there was, but she was a secretary and she was called a dumb skirt. She was a secretary so, and she was a dumb skirt. And there was the hotel uh, lobby secretary as well. Uh, also called a dumb skirt, She I was a dumb skirt. So, uh, it's... It's a fascinating movie. Um, I I do suggest watching anybody watching it. I want to thank Jason for uh, bringing it on. Uh, Loki in the chat is saying, "I don't remember Forty Eight Hours as being racist." Oh man, give it another watch, dude. It is within the first so thirty racist. seconds. Within the first, while the credits, the opening credits are still rolling, uh, Greg and Keelan and I are sitting in a row, and I was just like, I looked over at him, like. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, and <laughs> Keelan had seen it before. Yeah, well, uh, Keelan had seen it before. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those ones. If you haven't seen it in a long time, revisit that. It is. It truly is probably the most racist movie I've ever seen. Just as far as the language, politically it stars, incorrect. It stars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy are the two main characters in it, and then there's a bunch of other people you would recognize. But, um, but anyway, so we watched the movie, and then uh, afterwards, it was myself and Keelan were the guests, and then Jason and Anthony Lopez were kind of the hosts last night, really Jason, and then Anthony's his co-host. And so we got on the stage and, and then talked about the movie, which was actually pretty fun in front of the audience, and just kind of discussed it. You know, it was my first time seeing it. It was it was. Wow. It was really entertaining, though. I do have to it say. It was an entertaining movie. It was it kinda, an entertaining movie. It kind of, it's, it, and it, I learned a lot in that it set the, um, kind of the prototype for the buddy, buddy cop movies. You yeah, know? I didn't realize how significant it was in, like, filmmaking. Yeah. Like, not for the racism, but for, uh, you know, like, but the buddy general, cop and the, and the black and the white, you yep. know, dudes working together. Black guy, white guy, and then the, the crimes. then the black, the, you know, boss who, uh, captain at the police station who's always yelling at everybody. Like, it's the blueprint for all of this. For for a lot of those movies, it's kind of set that, and for that part, you know, it's great. And and for the for the racist stuff, I think it was a really good thing to watch just to understand and see what was going like on, where like, society was in 1982. That that was like an acceptable so thing to yeah. to to put out because you're not making that anymore. Yeah, um, I was reading about it. That thing, that movie, grossed like 80 million dollars. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was a big movie. Yeah, big movie. Um, you know, and and if you get past the racist side, it's actually it's it's not a terrible movie, uh, but anyway, that, that that was kind of what we did last night. So we we did that and got on stage and talked. And the thing I wanted to bring up though, because most of it was, you know, we were talking about our thoughts on it and what we what we thought about the movie, and then Jason would take listener questions. And for the most part, they were all very thoughtful. Some of them, you know, pointing it, some of them making fun of it, all that stuff, except for the. Crazy old man in the back, and uh, I know the crazy old man's not going to be listening to this, so I'm not. I'm not going to worry about that. But it was, it was exactly how you would picture a debate about oh my God, race so... to happen with the old white, the old old white guy in the back with his tucked in Hawaiian and he was shirt. The first guy with the first question. Like of course, because he's like the old tucked in. shirt. Well, guy. yeah, and and uh, with his with his tucked in shirt. In the back, standing up, and then proceeded to. It, the thing is, it wasn't just like bringing it up as a question. It was more of a, more of a. Let me tell you how it's supposed to be. People using the N word, and as soon as he said that, so this was the start of his thing. People using the N word, and once that happened, so Keelan and I were sharing a mic. I just instantly looked over at Keelan and just handed him the microphone. I'm like <laughs> I am not. 
answering anything this guy says. (laughs) This is all you, buddy. And just handed him the microphone. And the guy, the guy just went off for it. It felt like forever. I feel like, well, it felt like forever because he lost his train of thought. I think he and then he, he kind of started to sp- like go in a completely different he direction. Did. He started complaining about how no one should use the N word, and I don't think. And, and, and he starts talking about the I'm rap kids. To, I am trying, and I'm trying to paraphrase. Yeah, what it is that he was saying because it was so, it was so long, and then he veered off into something else. That I still don't understand what he was trying to get to. Uh, so my dad, and and then you know, and then with with the culture, and then you know, in hip hop, they use this and word blah, blah blah blah, and it just went on forever. And um, essentially, though, what it was is, he, I I don't know if he was pointing his finger, but he might as well have been. I think uh, he, he was. I, I think I saw chastising some finger waggling and, and lecturing. The base of it was, you damn kids and your words, and you shouldn't be doing that, and. Well, because I think then, he got he got confused halfway through because he kept saying the N word and rapping and then but then people shouldn't use it anyway. But then what are kids these days? And I like apples. Like he just kind of <laughs> lost his way a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Keelan, Keelan answered the question regarding it uh, very well, and it, it went on from there. But I was just like, oh Jesus, is it all going to be like this? Is this what it's going to have? This crazy, crazy old man yelling? Yeah, that really and set luckily, the bar. I was like, oh, God, please no. <laughs> luckily, everybody after that was actually pretty good. So it was, yeah. it was, it was nice to hear some, some feedback. And it yeah, was fun to watch Keelan, your face as uh, the old man was going. I was watching I was you trying and Keelan, not, like, oh, God. I'll admit, I mean, I was trying not to smirk because I know there were cameras on us. But as soon as it started, I, just, I was just like, oh, God. So I may have I may smirk may look like I'm smirking. It's not at the topic of the matter. It's at the crazy old man. If if that ever video ever comes out, I hope that's not taken out of context because this guy was crazy. So yeah, but Ke- Keelan did a very good job. Very good job of I handling it. Oldest- and of note, I will say, uh, Keelan, he's he's giving himself credit, and he should that he didn't fly off the handle. I just like that the oldest, whitest guy in the theater was the first one to be like, I've got something to say. As soon as Jason's like, does anyone have anything? He didn't even wait to be called on. He just stood up. Oh, he's one of those guys. He was stewing in his seat. Let me tell you about the N-word. He was stewing in his seat the whole time. he was just squirreling around in there. He's like, oh, I have some things to say, and this is going to be my platform. I am getting it Just like you with your pulpit tonight, Greg. Yeah, see, but my pulpit would be complaining about water puddles, not about... Stop (laughs) saying water puddles. Water puddles. Oh, my God. I feel like that's how an old man would say it. Yeah. See, my rants won't be of that tone. It will be about innocuous things that I find annoying. Like the fact that there's no soap in the bathroom right now here at the studio. There's no damn soap in there. How hard is it to put soap in that studio? That's one of the things that I w- that would bother me. You know, soap comes at a real cheap price. You can make it out of about anything. They could even get that little, like, cheap, shitty powdered soap. Powdered soap? That's fine. You know oh, what you do, do you when you're... Do they still make the powdered soap? They probably do. You know how you made it at home? You know, your horse gets all used up. Your horse dies. You grind up those hooves. You got soap and powder for a good week. Right off of that. Right off of horse hooves. That's how you do it. That's how you make it there. You make do with what you have. But not here. People are too lazy to use soap. People don't put the soap in there. I don't think they wash their hands anymore. Bunch of filthy, filthy people walking around. That is kind of true, though. I mean, if the men's bathroom has been, Greg was telling me this earlier, it's been out of soap for like over a week. That means every guy that's going in there has not been washing his hands and has not complained about the soap. Well, we have soap in our studio, so it's not like you're not... Well, we have soap in our studio. I'm saying the rest of, pe- of the people. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's possible. I don't wow, know. why'd you get so defensive all of a sudden? I'm, I'm, I'm not. I was complaining about soap. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's more logical. All right. Okay. All right. Why don't we do this? So we have... Our interview with Jason Traeger, who is actually he is very, very cool. He is. He's I say a cool actually dude. as though you weren't expecting him to be, but no, he he is a really cool guy. What I'm what I'm saying actually, he does so many different things, and that part I had no idea about. Like he has been involved in a, in some amazing projects and different things outside of comedy, and he does comedy, and it's really, really cool guy. And so he's going to be part of the lineup tonight at uh, the Secret Society. So again, we want to see everybody down there. FunEmploymentRadio.com. Click on the link right there for the Fun Employment Radio Comedy Showcase and get your tickets or come on down and see us at 116 Northeast Russell. Jason Traeger is very cool. So we had him in here for he a is. little bit. I was like, as he was talking, I'm like, wow, you're cooler than me. He's a pretty cool dude. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and very, very nice too. And so we interviewed him. Why don't we go ahead and play that and then we'll come back and, uh, and continue on with the show and talk about a bunch of other things. But here it is, Jason Traeger on Fun Employment Radio. Dot com. <laughs> 
You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. The sweet spot. Now I have to. Now I have to bring that. <laughs> Why? Don't start with that. That's so. I creepy. think that's how we should have it for every guest. Like you just tell us where the sweet spot is. We'll hit it. We'll hit it for you. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, that's how it's going to be. <laughs> this is one of the most sensual broadcast experiences. It really is. Welcome to our sensual broadcast. <laughs> We're changing everything up today, Sarah. This is just how it's going to be. Uh, welcome to Fun and Play Radio. We did Radio. light a candle in the other room. It does seem quite sensual. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Why. I thought that was kind of weird. You were the doing red it. velvet wallpaper house <laughs> yeah. with the big chandeliers. Well, and... I wanted to impress Jason. Jason is a classic. I didn't realize. Had a, a 1800s bordello themed <laughs> studio. It's very cool. It's very unique. Not not many people have These this weird steampunk mics. They're like brass and wood. Oh yeah, it's very cool. Oh yeah. Tell us tell us <laughs> about your sweet theme. spot, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Jason Traeger, right here on Fun of Radio. I could live my entire life without hearing Greg say "sweet spot." I think sweet I like it so much because I know it bothers you, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. so. so that's her sweet, her sour spot. Is <laughs> yes, your, is your sweet spot. You're perfect for each other. See, yeah, it's got to be. I think you saying my sour spot is actually even. <laughs> <laughs> sour spot. He hit my sour spot. Dude. <laughs> Somebody's feeling the sour spot. <laughs> okay. Well, Jason, go. welcome. Thank you. I'm glad that you're feeling better. So we, uh, so yep. we were going to have you on yesterday, but then uh, you had uh, an ailment. Yes. You know, I, I, I have a ba- I, my back is out right now. It's a little bit messed up, and I just took the day off work, and then I was just cleared my books. Basically, I was like, well, I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, I had a lunch engagement that I forgot oh. about. So <laughs> I was get- hobbling out the door as soon. I was like, oh, I couldn't, but no, this is much better today. Thank no, you. I'm so yes. glad that you're okay. Yeah, I'm fine. No, it's, we're talking about that. Like, like back things are one of those things that just make you feel old. It doesn't oh, matter yeah. how old you are when it happens because no. you no, could be exactly. a teenager oh, yeah. when it happens. But it, when it does, when your back goes out, oh, no. It's, it's terrible. Yeah, I'm just glad it's not a chronic thing. I just once or twice a year, maybe something just gives and I have to live with it for five days. It sucks, but it really gives me compassion for people with chronic pain. Yeah. Know, right? It's horrible. What happens with the back? Is it just something just that you're seizes like up? No, I, I did a weird move on stage. You know, I hate that the weird moves yeah, that all of a sudden a... like it totally cripple you. For, yeah, like, oh, it's, a all, it's the funnest things that mess up my back. It's usually <laughs> sex or having like comedy or dancing. It's like literally the things that make life fun are the things that will just like put me on my back. Which for one was five it? Was days. it comedy this time? This was comedy this or was time. Was it sex on stage? Last time, okay. it, last, no, it was regular comedy. <laughs> last time it was a sexual incident. Was, <laughs> that really makes you feel old. Where oh, you're like. God. Sweetie, stop! Sweetie, stop! I gotta roll over. Isn't somebody you were familiar with, at least. Yes. Okay, thank God. <laughs> the compassion. No, it was yeah, but it happens, you know, because it's anything that like you're not thinking, your body's going, and you're not, your mind's not fully. The rational self isn't in charge. That's where you push the limits, and it gets stupid, and you get messed up. See, at least that you yeah, had that happen. The last time I messed mine up, it was because I was, I buckled my seatbelt wrong somehow. I remember like, that. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I was just buckling the seatbelt. Yeah, reached weird (laughs) and just this shooting pain like through the upper left side of my back. Oh, yeah. And it was done for, for, I mean... Probably about five days. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't turn to the left. And there's no sounding cool from. That. No, there's nope. nothing. Yeah, there's no. no. I stopped this uh, lady was getting mugged, and I, you yeah. know, chased down the robber. No, I, I threw you away, and I was getting really wild. <laughs> yeah, You're man. using a harness, and it slipped. And... <laughs> yeah, I'm no. gonna sue the contractor well, my, for that harness. Yeah. But the other way my back goes out is reaching like over something and trying to lift something. Like oh, you know, yeah. then I go ing, and I'm just like, why? That's one of those ones where you're like, if I could just take back this 30 seconds and relax <laughs> and like move that box out from in front, I could. I just got in, but those are the ones where you, there's no See, no redeeming. The, the young yeah. kids don't know. It's like it's the simple things. You don't need to fear about like the big tragedies. Oh, yeah, no. You have to fear about like reaching across the table. Yeah, and your life something. is devastated by a weird like step you didn't you missed or something. <laughs> or turning your head too fast yeah. or buckling your seatbelt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dangerous yep. of it right there. It's human condition right there, folks. It is. We broke it down. Well, I, I I feel like we're really identifying with a lot of people right now. Yeah, it's yeah. this is pretty universal <laughs> stuff. I'd, I'd like to think. So, Jason. You're a man of many hats. Yes, and I'm not wearing one today, which is weird. You, are not, you have usually, some very nice hair. <laughs> you, have, you usually wear hats. I, well, in, the, in the summertime, a... I wear a kind of rolling, like a just a round-brimmed hat. Often, it's I have two like a of pork them. Pie? No, not a pork pie. Like a like, like a, a gardener, like hat? a fishing hat. A fishing hat. It's my son. My son hat. Okay. So actually, when you said a man of many hats, I thought of my physical, actual hat. Yep. But I think you were being. Um, well, I was, I was trying to be circumspect about cir- all the, yeah. the, the different things I do a lot that of things. you do. Mm-hmm. But I want to know more about your hats. Um, what other I, hats do you have besides the beanies in the cold weather? Do you have the, any brimmed hats? Well, just the the fishing just the type fishing hat. No, I don't rock any kind of like uh, pork pies or anything like that. Okay. 
No. No, not any, a couple of baseball hats, but I don't wear them very much. They're not a part gotcha. of my regular thing. I've got a Traeger barbecues hat with my family's name on it. Is those it are, your family's barbecue place? Those are my just... second cousins, so we're not really like, you know, we're not part <laughs> oh. of family, but they are blood relatives, but they're not like people that I grew up with or anything. <laughs> not like huh. blood Fascinating. relatives. Yeah, but they are my, my yeah, one second cousins. Huh. That's cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, we're learning all kinds of things now. Yeah, I founded in Mount Angel, Oregon, my dad's hometown, and then they moved to West Lynn, and now it got bought out by some huge thing, and it's made in China. Oh, oh that's awesome. Hopefully they made some good money on it. Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm I didn't sure get any did. of it, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yeah, huge. It was like a huge investment group. But the other it. hats I was talking about were yeah. all the... So you do comedy, of course, because you're doing our comedy showcase tonight, oh, yeah. of course, April 1st mm-hmm. at the yes, Secret Society. Foolish but, night. Yeah, but I also uh, heard about you, um, well, through your comedy and also because you are a renowned photographer. I do photography. I'm a painter. I do all kinds of stuff um, in the art world, yep. What's your preferred medium uh, in art besides photography? Photography. Since photography, um, painting, I've been in. I was in a group called the Oregon Painting Society. We did like performance, um, multimedia kind of freak out things, and we were in like the Disjecta Biennial in 2010, and we went to London and performed at the Tate Modern once. So it was like a real. You performed at the Tate. Mm-hmm. What in Turbine Hall? Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. So what, cool. did, what did you do there? We just like had these plants that we had wired up um, to turn them into synthesizers. So if you touch the plants, you could play them like a synth. Wow! And we had these out. We have these outfits. It was like, kind of like a combination of these five people, and we did um, built our own instruments, and we built these sculptural kind of uh, environments with like plants and costumes and all kinds of stuff. And yeah. That is you can look it up online, wow. OregonPaintingSociety.org. We have like tons and tons of videos. And that was like a five-year project that I was doing about three years ago. Wow. Yeah. So how did they contact you to get to go go to London? Um, they just uh, – somebody in Portland, I think some professor or somebody in the arts here, maybe – I'm not sure who it was, had suggested to the curator, Cecilia Alamani, um, who now runs the Skyline that Project like in New York. That sounds like a curator's name. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. a super curator. She runs the Skyline in New York now. You know that big – Oh, my like, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was putting the festival together, and it was like a festival for the 10-year anniversary of the Tate. And so they wanted people from all around the world, like who were doing – interesting things yeah and so the portland people we were the portland like representative wow how Mm -hmm. cool yeah it's really cool oh my god so how do you go from the tate modern to doing comedy (laughs) well you know i had done my life is very circuitous i did comedy um before i got i mean i've always done art but never was in the art world per se i'm Mm -hmm. from like the music world that's what i grew up in like uh working at you know punk labels and stuff like that in the 80s and 90s. What, um, what labels did you work at? I worked at Alternative Tentacles in San Francisco for Jelly Biafra. Nice. For a number of years. I worked at K Records in Olympia for a number of years. Jesus, Greg, he's like the coolest guy ever. <laughs> yeah, you got he, that's just a lot of different hats. It really is. Done a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah, so music was my world from like, you know, teenage years to to well, you know, it's always been in there, but uh, I and I did music. You know, I toured a lot with bands and and just by myself as a solo musician. I put out records on K and Kill Rockstars, and um, and then after the music thing kind of waned a little for me in about two thousand ninety nine maybe, and that's when I started doing comedy. And I did comedy for like three years from like two thousand to two thousand three, and then I stopped completely. And I was like, whoa, this is just uh, not. I'm, I can't do this. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I went, I just couldn't do it. I was drinking a lot, and it was just. Like I was like, oh, this is going to kill me if I tried doing this, and I just didn't have it. It wasn't in me at the time. But I got a real taste of comedy, you know, because three years doing open mics and shows and stuff. I didn't really do many shows, but I did it in L.A., San Francisco, and Seattle. And then I stopped, and then I really got back into visual art, and that's when I like uh, moved to Portland. So like 2004, went to PNCA, studied painting, which I'd never been in school since I was like left high school. Mm-hmm. Um, studied painting, and then that's when I got really into like pursuing visual art and that's when the Oregon Painting Society this group formed with my friends and which doesn't have anything to, really to do with painting so much but we um, but I became like an oil painter at that point I've had oil painting shows and been in galleries and stuff like that and then Oregon Painting Society had its uh, successes and interesting things and then and when that kind of it didn't ever dissolve officially we never broke up there's no cantankerous thing it was just kind of an evolution of people what people wanted to do and I went back to comedy immediately it was like that was I was like I just want to get up and do some stand-up you know mm-hmm. go, I and I had yeah. done like one or two shows, but I wasn't doing comedy at the time, but more in like an art context, yeah, you know, yeah. where artists were like, we heard you did stand up, you know, would you do a show at this opening? So there's a couple things on the web of like me doing those weird interim shows that were like between quitting stand up and starting it again. And I don't really consider, 
you know, that was more just an art performance almost. Yeah. But then uh, when I got back into comedy was about uh, three years ago in Portland here. I just went to the boiler room and I was just and I and I think it was like from that day I was doing it like five nights a week for the past for the next three years. You know? Oh, wow. Nice. I just hit it. like, And I was like, this is what I want to do. This is perfect. And I think part of it was a reaction to being in the fine art world for like, t- you know, 10 years, um, really seriously. Mm-hmm. Because it was just, you know, like being an oil painter, it's just so much stuff you got to buy and you have to have a, a, a studio and you need to put in so much money into it. And you never know if you're going to get anything in return. Usually right. you, don't, you don't, you know. Yeah. And I mean, and then Oregon Painting Society were like these epic installations where we'd, you know, haul four trucks of furniture and, and plants, and you had to find this. So it was just very like uh, physically intense. Yeah. And and uh, and also in the art world, you know, you, you work in your studio for a year, two years, and you make some paintings. Then you show them, and you get like one maybe review if you're lucky, and then you take them down, and you maybe sell one, and you put the rest in storage, and it's like. Well, what now? All, with, all of know? that, yeah. Yeah, and then, so getting back into comedy was just so awesome because I'm like, oh, it's just the most free form. You just walk in the door. You don't have to carry anything. You just get up, paint your picture with words, leave. It's done. It's social. You get immediate feedback. You know, people uh-huh. are there looking at you, telling you if it's good or not as you're doing it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I love comedy because it's just like – and it's free to do. You know, there's nothing. You don't. There's not like an investment. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just you get up and just show some ideas, and then you know, paint the picture. Gas money if you start going out of town. But other than that, you know, it's just it's just time, and and you don't have to store anything. You don't have to sell anything. It's and uh, and that immediate flow, you know, was so pleasing to me after like my sort of you know frustration in the world painting and art and you know it's just a really different world. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I really liked it. But now I don't. I feel real. um, I'm much more like integrity maybe you'd say like I right now I'm really like sort of making all those worlds fit together and that's kind of what my goal is right now is like to take you know all the things I learned in the art world and and do like video and blend like the stand-up thing which is you know I do pretty straightforward stand-up it's not like Uh I'm a really arty crazy left field comic you know I try and but but then I want to take like my comedy which is just whatever it is and uh, with video and uh, whatnot turn it more into like also also have it exist like as a mixed media fine kind art. of yeah, yeah just crazy yeah stuff so that's what I'm working on right now I'm like focusing on After Effects and Photoshop and learning all that kind of stuff and mutating the comedy thing oh that's wow totally so that's possible. the project I'm working on. That's, Which will visit the Oregon Painting Society stuff that I did in the past. But if anybody does want to look at my art past, OregonPaintingSociety.org. There's tons of video, and you can check it out and trip out. OregonPaintingSociety.org. Wow. Yeah, that was uh, my group. Jason Traeger, making you feel lazy since right now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that is well, awesome. How many nights a week do you go out? Do you still do a lot of open mics? Uh, uh, yeah, I do a lot of open mics. Um, you know, not as much as I was maybe two years ago when mm. I was really just trying to just get going. But right now, since I have a lot of things um, in the uh, – a lot of whatever you call it – Tools in the fire. I don't know. Uh, you know what I mean. A lot of buns in the oven. Yeah, no, that's the wrong <laughs> yeah. way to say that's, that. I don't don't say that's buns that. in the oven. Um, you know, a lot of things cooking. I am, you know, definitely doing like two or three open mics a week usually, and then a couple shows a week, three shows maybe. Yeah, if I'm lucky. Nice. Yeah. And are you still painting as well? Um, that's what I'm right now. Actually, I'm going through. I, I'm setting up a studio in my apartment. My apartment's a really large one bedroom, and it's got like you know nice floors for it's. It's a good utilitarian place, and I'm setting up a studio right now. And right now, what I'm doing is I'm going. Do you, have you guys heard of the Cone Marie system? The Cone Marie method of organization. Uh-uh. It's this woman Marie Kondo. She has a best selling book. That's why I thought you might have heard of it. It's kind of a. I mentioned it to people about half the people are like, I've heard about it. I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. But it's just this really cool, simple system of getting control of your possessions just like okay basically uh it's just a total overhaul of everything you own and and i've been doing it and it's a system that works very well for anybody because it's it's not gimmicky it's very practical okay and so now i've been I going check this out because yeah, yeah. The, the life-changing magic of tidying up is the name of her book it's, like, right. it's sold like two million copies it's new york times bestseller it's amazing it's it's for me it came at just the right time yeah. because I've kind of got in this new apartment and I'm trying to do this new project and I'm, I want to just like close the book on some things and open room in my life for stuff now. Uh-huh. And it's been revelatory. I've gotten rid of every category I visit in my life, in my material world. I get rid of half of it when I'm done. I like this. And I, I love feel, this idea. I am so inspired. It's literally yeah. half. Like I literally <laughs> threw away half of my photos, you know, because I'm just like, I don't need, you know, 
300 photos from this trip I took to Ireland when I was 18, you know? Yeah. And all they're just of castles, you know? Just get rid of these. I want the ones where, like, there's somebody I met or, you uh-huh. know, and you boil, like, those photos down to 10 photos, you know, or 20 photos. And, and so everything That's, just gets halved. And, I have so many boxes of photos. Oh, yeah. That yeah the I Japanese don't need. art of decluttering and organizing. Yeah. Marie Kondo. And she's just, she's a genius. She studied it her whole life. She just, this is her obsession in life is this, is this approach. And it's, it's just amazing. It's, it really is one of the most, important things I've done in the past, I don't know, years. You have sold me. I'll buy her book now. I am, uh, I'm yeah, just going to say you need to be her publicist because she has sold two more copies oh, yeah, right now. Yeah, You're going to love it. You're going to love it. just been dealing with that. I need help. I've got all this. Oh, I've got a great. house. And so, we it's don't great. need to go into it. No, I feel no like he has a, that, you have a huge but, house. Yeah, and I've got a basement, though, but it's full of crap. Oh, it's just you got a condo. I call it condoing. And I, 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 you got a condo. It's just it's because the whole, the whole way that it's so special is that it's like you don't go by room. You go by category okay. you know like you gather all your clothes from any closet in the house if it's uh-huh. in the front room you got some jackets in the back and in some mud room yep your fancy stuff whatever and you clear out everything and you put it in the middle of a floor and you go through item by item and ask yourself does this thing bring me joy does it bring me pleasure does it make me happy these boots do i want to wear them or do i look forward to fall when i can put them on and if the answer is no you get rid of them you know that's great and so like my closet i got rid of half my clothes and now i look at my closet and it's like I love every shirt. Every yeah. shirt fits. Every shirt doesn't have a stain. They're all nice. They're colors I like. They're styles. And it's, instead of looking at a closet and being like, oh, that old thing that I don't really like and I've carried it around a long time, but it's kind of nice and maybe I'll want to wear it sometime. You know, yeah. You know, yeah. Get it all out of there. And then everything you do keep becomes twice as valuable. You know? Yeah. I sold my record collection to Mississippi Records and, you know, I got a chunk of money plus like the records I kept, you know, the like hundred records maybe. Uh-huh. They're like the story of my life, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like a little artwork that I love looking at. But when it was a bunch, like 400 records and half of them, I just don't really. Right. It, it's just a bunch of weight that sucks, you know. Yeah. And so I've done that to everything and, you know, no stone is left unturned. You know, you go through your papers, you go through, you know. Tchotchkes, little corners, little bases that have, you know, fill up with thumbtacks and do dads. crap like that, yeah. Oh, and you get through all that stuff and you just start feeling like, I have control again, you know? And so now my place is like, it's becoming the streamlined <laughs> production yeah. studio. That's why I'm talking about this project, uh-huh. like, you know, working on um, uh, sound and video and all this and like really creating like a lab in my house, kind of, you know, a studio. Right. And, uh, yeah, making it like a thing where it's about now. It's creating stuff now. It's not like looking at a bunch of stuff from the past that you don't really have any attachment to except, I don't know. I mean, one of the things she has you ask yourself a lot is like when you have resistance to getting rid of something but that you don't like. Like you don't like it, but you're uh-huh. resisting getting rid of it. And she's like, you got to ask yourself, is it from a fear of the future or a regret of the past? Right. And you're going to always find it's one of those. If you don't like the thing, but you want to get rid of it, what's the thing? It's always a fear of the future or regret about the past. And I found that was just true with every single thing that I had that with. And so I just ask myself, so it's like this crazy, I mean, I've bawled, you know, 10 times during this process, finding a card from your mom, you know, telling you she believes in you from 1995, you know, it's just like, oh God, I love, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's like a serious thing. It's not an undertaking that you do lightly. And, you know, she's like, you know, you don't listen to news while you're doing it. You listen to, you know, nothing or classical music. You know, you, you have to be focused and really look at these things. And you can lighten up, of course, when you're doing, like, hardware and nails and stuff. Right. But, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And you do it in an order, too, where you start with clothes, you move to this, you move to that. And you do, like, sentimental things last. Because by that time, you're all, like... You're in the in the floor. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you, you understand you, how it works. You've honed your ability to, to do it. And, you you know, you've been through enough, like of that that you get to the sentimental stuff and you can be really realistic about it and it's great i love it oh, it's so cool i i can't i can't recommend it highly enough it's really a game changer okay god well i can't recommend highly enough being in the same room as jason traeger who's like the <laughs> coolest guy in the world <laughs> you guys are sweet. <laughs> so he will be performing his comedy oh yeah yeah oh yeah tonight tonight at the secret society it's gonna be which a is, great show yeah which is a beautiful place so have you been into the ballroom before no Oh, it's gorgeous. It's it's really nice in there. I look yeah. forward to it. It's a good yeah, it's space. awesome. And are you on Twitter? Uh, where, where at Jason Traeger. Mm-hmm. And I got an Instagram, uh, Studio Traeger, which is my art Instagram, where I'm doing all the, my new art. Because part of what I'm... We were talking earlier about the difference between fine art and the kind of uh, lack of flow into the world mm-hmm. that I've experienced mm-hmm. when I was really pursuing it. And that comedy is so much more free and flowing um, in terms of the experience of getting it out there. And I was thinking that now, like, part of this 
idea behind becoming really proficient with digital tools is that with the internet, with, uh, you know, Instagram and all this kind of stuff, you can just flow kind of with art visually now. It wasn't even true four or five years ago, you know, right. to be able to just like do a drawing, have it be a, an animation on the web that night. Yeah. You know, mm. like when I was a really serious artist uh, in my studio in 2007, there, that wasn't the way the world worked, which is crazy. Yeah. That, that's changed that much in that amount of time that now there's no reason as a visual artist, you can't kind of operate as like a comic, we're just putting out stuff all the time Absolutely. and building fan bases on Instagram and stuff like that. And doing it on your own, not yeah. having a whole team. With no team. Yeah, yeah. It's all iPhone and, and a laptop, you know, it's just bam. And, and so so Studio Traeger is where that's going to be um, on Instagram is where my flow is seen. And then Jason Traeger, comedy, Tumblr, you know, just look up my name and you can see all kinds of you crap. You can find them. T-R-A-E-G-E-R. You like the barbecues. Oh, yeah. Exactly. If you know what those are. <laughs> I do, actually. I didn't put that together, yeah. though, that, that you were like, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Well, that company started I just my dad, my, friend on Facebook my grandpa right and his brother started Traeger Heating, which was like a furnace company for home heating in Mount Angel, Oregon, and that turned into Traeger Barbecues. But my family... My brother, my grandpa's side left the business and the other tra- Traegers did it. So Okay. So, yeah. Fancy. So, it was kind of founded by my grandpa. <laughs> yeah, Mount, so you grew up in Mount Angel? No, that's where my dad's from. I, okay. I never lived there. That's where my relatives. Okay. Traegers are thick in Portland and Mount Angel. Yeah. Oh, did yeah, you, the whole, whole Lambert Valley. Traegers? No, but my grandparents were in Hubbard, so oh, yeah. I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. in Hubbard. Oh, yeah. right next to Mount Angel. And Jervis. Yep. My dad used yep. to say, and Jervis my, too, <laughs> my dad had this joke. He said, we were so isolated in the Willamette Valley in like the 50s <laughs> that, that a kid from Mount Angel marrying a girl from Jervis was a mixed marriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's like a town, like you could throw a stone at it from <laughs> so close. Oh, that's it's, funny. It's Is that consi- like Monmouth and Independence a little bit? <laughs> uh, it's close to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. considered yeah. a mixed marriage. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Oregon. <laughs> I mean, imagine Oregon in the 50s. Oh, I could only. Yeah, I can't. Well, my dad's stories about growing up in Mount Angel and, and his ideas about Portland. He was like, oh, yeah, all I knew about Portland was my relatives would be like, we're going up to, to Swan Island to sell metal to the Jews. <laughs> my dad was always like, he literally would hear that. He, he told me that he used to hear that phrase and just be like, who are the Jews and what is Swan Island? It must be so magical. magical Why do they place. want the metal? What There's these magical Jews on Swan Island buying metal for my relatives. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Portland was a pretty amazing place back that then. That is awesome. And it still is. Yeah. It is. Maybe not as magical as Swan uh, Island, but that's magical Jews. Magical Jews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my Portland ties run deep. I have relatives. Oh, come out to the Secret Society tonight. Come see Jason and oh, it's everybody else be so great. Show. Curtis Cook is, he- is headlining the thing, isn't he? Yeah, yep. Curtis oh, will be there. So great. Um, One of the best. And uh, Randy Mendez. Oh, Randy's amazing. And Andy Bain. Andy's great. They're all fantastic. <laughs> I love Portland be, comedy. It's, it's so awesome. great. Oh, God, I know. We're so excited for each and every person that's oh, there tonight. It's just the best. Yay. Awesome. Well, well you're Jay- the best. Thank you for coming Thank on. Thank you, yeah. guys. It's great to be here. I love your, your chairs. have great posture encouragement. It's yes, good. Be careful with your back. <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> good. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll be back. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. I will definitely be getting that book. And also, the way I'll get that book. How are you going to get it, Greg? Well, the one from Marie Kondo. <laughs> Kondo with a K. I'll go to funemploymentradio.com. Hey. And click on the Amazon link right there at the top of the page. At funemploymentradio.com, but there's that big Amazon link. I just click on it, and then I can go about my merry way? That's it. Then you can buy whatever you want. You're perfectly fine. Okay. Yeah, funemploymentradio.com. You click on the Amazon link, and then you help out that show a little bit, too. doesn't cost you anything extra. Not a dime more. The way you say it makes it sound like it does cost extra. It doesn't cost extra. I'm it, trying to sell it. I know it doesn't, but you sell it as if like you're like, oh, no, it really doesn't. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, it doesn't cost extra. It's just it's that extra click is what it costs you. It does cost you a click. You have to click one extra website, which is going to funemploymentradio.com, then clicking on the Amazon link. So that's that's the only other thing you have to do. That's the one job. And then you help us out tremendously and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. I am really frustrated with you right now. <laughs> We're not talking about that. Yes, not, we are, no. because I don't know what you're talking about. It is about. not on the docket for the show today. I don't give a shit if it's not on the docket for the show today. I want to know what you're talking about. So let me say, behind if the it's scenes. It's not the Amazon link. All right, let's separate it. You're frustrating me right now. Okay, fine. Of course what? I'm not frustrated with the Amazon link. The Amazon link is our best friend. No. Uh, I'm frustrated with Greg Nibbler because during the break, Greg, he does this, uh, he does this where he just kind of casually mentions something like off the cuff. Like he's sitting over there, you know, and we're talking about stories that we're going to do and like talking about tonight and all the stuff and listening to the interview and being in the chat. And then Greg, apropos of nothing, is like, oh, yeah, something weird happened in my house last night. 
And I'm asking, I'm like, well, what happened? He's like, um, no, no, I don't want to tell you about it. And then it wouldn't be, he wouldn't say anything else. I asked if it was because of the cold. I shouldn't have even said anything because I have the cold. I'm like saying things. I'm blurting things that I shouldn't blurt. But no, it does, doesn't you, matter. You we don't blurted. have time to talk about it. Today. You blurted. Let's yeah, move you on. You have to. You have to. to because you brought it up. You said something super weird happened, and you don't usually say super we weird. We need to do World of Crazy, and we need to do Ball Talk because we've only got 20 minutes I left. I just brought this up, and you know what? It would be really rude of you. Well, first, it was really rude of you to bring it up to me and then not say anything. <laughs> now it would be rude now since I've brought it up to everybody. You wouldn't just be being rude to me. You'd be being rude to all of our listeners whom you just asked to click I on the I don't know. Amazon something odd. What happened? You look really disturbed. This is Maybe it's because I was sick, although I don't have a fever or anything like that anymore. Um, I don't know. Something odd did happen, and it sounds so... It's so cliche odd that it doesn't even make sense, because I haven't even thought about this in a long, long time. Um, okay. What? What? Was it Eunice? Did you get strangled? All right. So, just to clarify... I live in a house in Southeast Portland. Oh, for anybody who doesn't know, some people think it's haunted. You can see for Most yourself uh, because we sell. Uh, uh, we did a ghost investigation because I lost a bet. Nightmare at Nibblers. It's available at funemploymentradio.com slash shop. Uh, you can buy that. It will show. Actually, if you want to see exactly what I'm talking about, it shows my entire room. And you can you can go through. You can see everything. We videotaped it. It was my worst nightmare on many levels. Funemploymentradio.com slash shop. Pick up Nightmare at Nibblers. And get a copy there. All right, so... <laughs> all right. I, 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 don't, I don't... Seriously, I don't want to talk about it, but fine. All right, fine, fine, you fine, fine. You have to. Fine. I'll explain oh, what it was. Greg looks like really uncomfortable right now. <sighs> okay. Let me, let me explain it this way. Have you ever had, you know, where, where you're, you're dreaming like a light sleep? Yeah. A light sleep. So you're definitely asleep, but then you, you slowly like wake up. You know, as you're in your dream, like you wake up to where you're fully awake. This happens like, to me a lot because like I more never lucid. Yeah, more lucid, but yeah. all the way to where you wake up. Okay, yeah. But just like a slow, steady, not like a boom. I'm awake. Like slow, steady. Oh yeah, no, nice, no, no. I'm awake. Yeah, nice. And, you know, and, and you're completely awake, and you you realize it, and completely conscious of what's going on. So <laughs> you don't sound crazy at all. I know. I'm trying to explain it the best I can because maybe this one can be explained away. But I'm telling you, it was it was weird, and it's never really happened before. So. In my room, and again, this is for people who haven't seen Nightmare at Nibblers, which you should, funemploymentradio.com slash shop. I sleep in a converted attic, attic, and there, there's a... There are a couple little creepy doors there's up there. There's a little there. tiny creepy door that goes into like the crawl space area, and um, it's probably about a two foot tall door, maybe it's two and a half so feet or something. creepy. Very small. You have to crawl through it. And it's on one corner of my room, kind of near where I sleep, but I have a dresser that uh, sits in front of that because it tends to come open on its own quite a bit. So I put a dresser in front of it to keep that from happening. And then you just kind of forgot about it? Yeah, I put the dresser in front oh, of it and I that way it can't open all happened. the way. I don't want to know what happened. Okay, what happened? Because I, I don't know. It opens on its own quite a bit. And so I, I just put Even that there. Even though there are no windows. When I, when I didn't it, have is, the... Are there windows in there or anything? No, no. Okay. It's uh, the insulation it's and stuff like that. It's sealed. It's completely sealed and it opens it, on its own. It should be. If okay. it's not, there's a problem. Yeah. But it is. And so... So that would happen. So I just not like slam open, but I, it would it would like I would come upstairs and be open a little bit. So I I put the dresser in front of it and that holds it in place. That's some paranormal activity shit. I don't and like here's that. what what was happening. So I was trying to think how I can demonstrate this with sound wise. Um, like as I'm slowly waking up, like I wasn't even really asleep because you know I don't. Yeah, sleep people well. are actually uh, pointing out that you just said it opens quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, not like a. It, yeah, it would be open. Yeah, it'd be, quite it'd a be bit. Open. Yeah, yeah. People are asking; they've never heard the part of you saying it was open quite a bit. Oh, I don't talk about that part. I don't know. I don't pay any attention. Again, this is one of those things where I don't even think anything of it. Uh, not like I would watch it open, but yeah, I'd come upstairs when I didn't have the thing in front of it, and yeah, it would be, it would be open. Like it would be a jar. Yeah, it'd be open like six inches or so. Okay. Somewhere in there, and then you just close it, and it sits still, and it's closed, and then. I don't know. That just happens. That's an old house. I'm just assuming these things happen. So, <coughs> excuse me. Still getting over the cold. Um, do you have any water I can borrow? I do. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> you don't have to borrow it. You can keep it. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry about that. Um, so I was, 
I was kind of asleep and I, but, but like kind of awake, kind of the half and half. Yeah. And I kept hearing this. What the fuck? What, like someone walking up the stairs? No, it's, I'm trying to do it with the best. This sound. And that's what it sounded like. It was this banging. And I was awake enough to know exactly where it was coming from. It was the way I sleep. Um, you know, it was to my left. And I wasn't really asleep, but I was like pleasantly like relaxing, you know, as I'm, as I'm coming up out of the sleep. And I come up to where I, I'm like, like I'm getting awake enough to where I'm like, what, what the hell is that sound? Like, what is that? You know, because I get used to sometimes there's weird noises and stuff like that. Like, it just doesn't bother me. Maybe it's something outside, although I'm pretty isolated from noise from outside. And I'm, I'm, I'm waking up and I'm get to the point where I'm fully awake. Okay. Like I, I'm awake. All right. I know where I am. For, I know what's going sure on. Awake. I'm for sure awake and I know what's happening and, and I know where I'm at. You know, I'm, I'm conscious of everything and I, this thing's still going on. It still went on for about another 10, 15 seconds while I'm awake. Now I, I kept my eyes closed but I was awake and I, I'm sitting there like logically thinking like, what the hell is that noise? I'm like, there's only one way I can explain what that noise is. And the explanation, because I was like honing in with my ear trying to figure out where it was. And it was like, it was really near me. It sure as hell sounded like the little door banging against the back of the dresser. It's exactly where the sound was coming from. It's exactly what I think that would sound oh like. Oh my god. <coughs> I'm Are not you kidding. kidding me. Excuse me, I'm sorry for the dry throat. I I'm not kidding. I, I'm really not kidding. You heard a pounding that could only be described as something trying to get out of I the I didn't side put that. Room. I didn't say that part. That's oh you saying that part. Oh my god. Um but I woke up and it stopped. It stopped. Wait, you said that you were awake, but with your eyes closed. Did, yeah. Did it well, stop I, well, when that, you not woke up, eyes? but I, I got up, rather. I got up. Yes, I opened my eyes and it stopped. And that that is when it stopped, actually, when I opened my eyes. And I kind of sat up and I'm like, um, uh. And is it one of those things where, like, you kind of want to look? No, I didn't really want to. Oh, I was just like, God. I'd rather just ignore that. Yeah. But I, I, I kind of glanced over there. And, you know, nothing was going on. And I listened for a minute. I'm like, okay, could that sound have been anything else? Could have been anything else that's going on? Like a branch hitting the roof, which that does happen occasionally. It doesn't sound like that. And I just like went through it in my head. I'm like, where, where is this? What is this? How can I possibly explain this? You know, other than maybe it was a dream, so but I'm like, like, I was wood, awake. Wood on wood. I was awake. <laughs> yeah. Wood on wood. Yes. Wood on wood. <laughs> This wood has been hard for thousands of years. Sorry, I watched Beavis and Butthead the other day. All right, so oh one track. Um, yeah, that's 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 about all I can really explain. It oh. it's, it, it really did sound like Edward that. Edward just recommended the scariest thing ever. Uh, even though we, I, I think he's trying to recommend something for you to stop the banging, he said, uh, have you ever thought about taking the door off and putting the dresser in front of the opening? No. Oh, no. no. you got to have the door there. You should get a slide. Yeah, Chanky said it stopped when you opened your eyes because you're crazy. Yeah, that could be too. You need to get that one of those, like a slide you know? lock or something like, uh, you know, like a chain or something to lock it from the outside. Yeah, I thought about doing that. Um, well, isn't that your basement's weird because it locks from the outside? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's that makes sense why you would lock that from the outside. How does that make sense? Because you're locking something into the basement so it can't get out. <laughs> That's how it makes sense. That's in, in your mind, in Greg's mind. That's yeah, how it makes uh, sense. people are saying installing a latch to lock it. Yeah, I, I mean, sure, I could, but I mean, I've always just put stuff in front of it, and so that way it solves a problem because I don't like looking but at it anyway. But now it's still anyway, hitting really. against the back of the cabinet. That is terrifying. I don't know. It was weird. Have you ever heard that before? Um, not that I can say really. No. No. I don't think so. So something was amiss. Well, there is a blood moon that's coming. I don't know. I'm not going to put read that all that into it. But anyway, there it is. You wanted to know what it was. That was what it was. Uh, it was bothersome. And then I just, um, I just went back to sleep. 
I in no way understand how you can fall back asleep when you when these weird things happen to you. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, whatever. You hear? I something mean, what are you going to do? What am I going to do about get it? Out of the side room, only being uh, you're kept putting in, that part on it. I'm saying maybe there's logical explanation. Kept in by your dresser drawers that are blocking it in. It was weird. That is never that that kind of thing has never happened. But it makes you wonder what the hell it is because I mean, like if it's a ghost, can't they just like walk through walls and shit? Like unless it wanted to wake me up. Like, how would it? Possibly... I mean, if we're going to go down that train, far as well, that's the, the ghost thing. Part is like the thing is, my, my uh, no, I I can't think about that too much. Um, like it's actually able to physically manifest itself to where it can push a door. What the fuck? What is I don't it know. doing? I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for Why you. Why is it doing that? I don't have an answer for you. It was weird. I will say that. It was very weird. I'm sorry I brought it up because I was not supposed to talk about it on the show today. It wasn't going to be a topic. I brought it up while we were playing Jason's interview. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, what, what can I say? It was pretty odd. And I don't have a completely logical explanation. Other than I guess it's all in my head, which maybe that's why I'm crazy. Watch Nightmare at Nibblers. FunEmploymentRadio.com. Slash shop, you can see the exact room that I'm talking about and where my bed is and how this, this is all placed. You get to visually. Well, we see totally that. have to do the haunted doll thing now. No way, huh? No, the haunted doll thing's a different story. You can listen to a past episode for that. No, which I'm, I'm saying. I'll, no. I will bring up a very brief background for that. Where like uh, people are selling haunted dolls on eBay, like they're saying that they're possessed. We can make a killing, particularly since your room is now extra super haunted. We can stick some dolls in there. Maybe the the thing will cling on to them, and then we can uh, make our millions. No, 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 no. Do you want to open it? Uh, not really. I don't really want to open you, it again. Are you never going? I opened it again for the ghost investigation. I went back there. I did everything I promised I would do because I lost the bet. I feel like I've done my part, and I'm I'm done with it now. Mm-mm. So you're just gonna leave the dresser in front of there forever? Yep, forever. Oh my god! Forever and ever. Oh. Till god. I'm till I sell the house. Till I move out. Yeah, that's where it's gonna be. Anyway, moving on to other things. Now that I've, I said it, you asked what it was. I told you what it was. That's you got terrifying. it out of me. That's that's kind of what happened. Oh my god! So I, I don't know. You wanted to know. You wanted to know. I did, and now I wish I didn't because that's like reminds me of every horror. That reminds me of a horror movie that I just watched called The Damned about possession. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's neat. Uh huh. All right. <coughs> Should we uh, move on to, uh, to to something else? We've got a few minutes left here. Sure. What do you want to do? Uh, um, how about a little bit of... Uh, we'll do a little little brief ball talk. You want to do brief balls? Brief balls. Brief balls. Brief ball talk. Okay. We got this. Mainly because I have to play something here that... Uh, oh, no. Oh, it's good. You look too giddy. This isn't good. All right. I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. Balls. Short ball talk. We've got this. Uh, Sarah, this is some some sad news that could eventually, I think, turn into maybe maybe a bit of a lifetime movie. It's kind of a lifetime moment here. Oh, all right. Tell me. <sighs> Has to do with the NBA. And you know, NBA players... They play on their same team. They spend three quarters of the year together. Sure. A lot of times they develop close friendships. Is this a sexy story? It's not a clo- it's not a sexy story. Okay. But it's about friends, and it's about people who aren't friends. Uh-oh. So it comes down to this, and, you know, you want these two to be best friends, and I just don't know if it's true. LeBron James. Is it him and... Of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Can I guess who his uh, ex-best friend is? Not ex-best friend. The friendship hasn't developed like people thought it would. Oh, never mind. I don't know. I was thinking of Dwayne Wade and Lizard no, Man. No, he's going to come. Not, no, not Lizard Man. Uh, LeBron James you know, went back to the Cleveland Cavaliers over the summer. Went mm-hmm. back to his team. And in doing so, he wanted to add another uh, big-time player, another superstar. He likes to surround himself with the, with surra- the superstars. Yes, he does. Yes, he does, because it helps him win championships. You always and in sound doing like such so, a little kid when you say superstars. Superstar. <laughs> and in doing so, Damian Lillard's not a superstar yet. Uh, but this other gentleman is a superstar. 
and who they who the Cleveland Cavaliers brought in, who LeBron wanted on his team, and they traded their number one pick for him. Do you know who it is, Sarah? Who is it? I'm trying to think. Is it Chris Paul? No. Chris Paul's not on Cleveland. I don't know. I'm Kevin not... Love, Sarah. Oh, Kevin, Kevin Love. Kevin Love. Kevin Love, born and raised here in Portland, Oregon, by the way. Oh, Well, Lake Oswego. Kevin that's Love. That's not Portland. Yeah, that's close enough. No. Kevin Love was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And there's been a lot of talk about the fact that LeBron and Kevin aren't that close of friends. Oh, my There's gosh. been things said in the media. They don't mention each other. And Kevin Love even said, we're not that close of friends. Oh, no. And LeBron confirmed it. By making this statement, he said, people go, get so infatuated with the best of friends, things of that nature. First of all, I've got three very good friends in this league, and that's Carmelo, and that's CP, that's Chris Paul, and that's D-Wade. And after that, I have a bunch of teammates. I have guys I ride for every day. Kyrie is a guy, understand how important he is to this team, how important he is, and the same with Kev as well. But he's obviously not saying that Kevin Love or Kyrie Irving are his best friends. He's talking about people on other teams, Sarah. Wow. Wow, that's how a, rude. That's pretty it's pretty <sighs> low. I like how Keelan's getting mad that I said that Lake Oswego is in Portland. It's not It's close enough. We can claim it. If it's Kevin Love is from there, I'm you not can claim it. Lake Oswego. It borders Portland. Wherever Keelan lives, that's where Portland is. Well, anyway, Sarah, I thought you'd be concerned about that. It's Thank very upsetting. Thank you. I am, you I am quite disturbed. Friends. It turns out they're not always best friends. And there we go. That's that's all I had to put in there. All right, moving on to ball talk. After that sad news, the Final Four in NCAA Men's Division One basketball tournament starts this weekend. And here's the deal. Here's something that was uh, that was submitted. So ESPN.com, they have their brackets that go on. Mm-hmm. They said only 1.6% of their brackets got the Final Four correct. Oh, really? 1.6%. I got three out of four. Not enough to win, though. It's not going to help me any. Anyway, so there we go. 1.6%. Oh, I haven't even checked my ranking right now. (laughs) I bet I've fallen below uh, number 85 out of 100. Probably. At this point. Uh, Seriously, people who didn't finish finish filling out their brackets, Greg, are beating me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. All right, finally, in ball talk, we have this. And this I just have to play because... It doesn't have anything to do with basketball. It has to do with the AFL, the Arena Football League, which is kind of like a place where where rock stars and like mild celebrities buy teams and then try to claim them as their own. Actually, several rock stars. Kiss owns a team, the LA Kiss in the Arena Football League. There's also the uh, team in New Jersey that I believe bon Jovi? bon Jovi owns part of. I, I think thought he, he owned like does. a football team or something. Well, that's a football team. Okay. Arena Football League. And also... Vince Neal of Motley Crue, who is apparently part owner of the Las Vegas Outlaws. Well, in doing so, he decided that he should be the one to sing the national anthem. Oh. At their game. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Vince Neal singing the national anthem. impersonate a rock star singing this. That's kind of how he sings. Yeah. I think I heard Howard Dean out there. That was Vince Neil with your national anthem. <laughs> He's our Vince Neil. That's right. All of our Vince And I like Motley Crue, don't get me wrong. A lot of voice tracking on Motley Crue. <laughs> if you go see them live, he's not singing live. There we go. That concludes this edition of Ball Talk. 
That was All right. Great. We need to get ready for tonight, Sarah. We sure do. We do have a couple birthdays, though. Oh, yes. I'm not going to forget. Yes. Mm-hmm. The first one, we did forget. Yes, that was we yesterday. Did. Yes. And uh, we want to wish a very happy birthday to Ika. Ika. Ika in Seattle. Yes. Hello. So happy Will birthday. wrote to us with plenty of time, and we totally dropped the ball. Yes. And. Uh, we want to wish you a very happy extended birthday. Absolutely. Greg Nibbler has doth giveth you another day of celebration. Yes, I, I bequeath one more day. Mm-hmm. Yes. One day more? One, one day more. Okay. Happy you. birthday, Ica. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Oh, damn right. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> All right, moving on. We've got another birthday, do we not, Sarah? Yes, we do. We want to wish a very happy birthday to Charlie. Charlie. Char- I'm going to say his whole name. I don't care. Charlie Haskell. Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Charlie. Your- we did this last year yeah, for his did. birthday. Yeah, we did. I remember that because I just, it's, I, it's hard not to I, do I it. I default to it. It's hard not yeah. to do it. Happy birthday, Charlie. 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 It's your birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Bing, bing, bing. All right. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for the showcase tonight. Me too. It's coming up tonight at the Secret Society. Tonight. Not too late to get your tickets. If you're hearing this now and you're like, hmm, what should I do on a Wednesday night? What should I do? Should I support local business ventures? Should I support, you know, a local amazing bar, the Secret Society? Should I support Fun Employment Radio? Yes. Yes, you should. I think all the answers point to yes. Should I go and imbibe a few cocktails? Have some laughs? Or or just eat if you don't want to drink? Or, yeah. They have, they have great non-alcoholic cocktails as well. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Oh, all kinds of things. I think there's so pretty much something things. for everyone there. So, there's something for everyone. Yes, indeed. That's all happening tonight at the Secret Society. Oh my Come goodness. out to the showcase. Yes. Get your tickets. It is going to be awesome. We look forward to seeing all of you. All right, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. You guys are fantastic. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. We do. And, um, yeah. And that's, <laughs> and that's I, I just appreciate all of you. Greg just appreciates each and every one of you. I really, as really does, do. As do I. Yes, it's true. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. So I cannot believe something was trying to crawl out of their side room last night. I don't and know. And you're just, like, so, like, whimsy-pimsy about it. Like, nothing is a big deal. Just something trying to crawl out, steal your soul. Yeah. Pounding against I the I don't know if that's cabinet. the case. I don't know if that's the case. It can move stuff. That's a problem. Uh, We'll see. Either way, I still have to sleep there. Okay. Hello, ladies. All right. We'll be back tomorrow (laughs) with more Fun and Public Radio. Back up. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network.